Salute. Slancha. Cheers. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio on Talk Radio 570 KBI. Sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and events with your guide, master of mixology, and Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. So sit back and get ready to stir it up. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on 570 KBI. And welcome back to another fabulous edition of Happy Hour Radio here on 570 KBI. I am your host, your weekend wine guy, your... Commodore of Cocktails, Master Mixologist, Christopher Chan. An advanced sommelier and former wine director for one of those private clubs downtown Seattle. But now, the happy host for Happy Hour Radio. Today's great show features uh, two cool cats, two good long-time friends of mine. Uh, Jeff Lindsay Thorson, who is a sommelier extraordinaire around town. And we'll chat about his, uh, his work experience uh, around the city in some great restaurants and with some great chefs and also about his fantastic new uh, winery called W.T. Vintners and I think brought a bottle of spe- something special as well. And also uh, Yashar Cheyenne who is uh, another sommelier who's been around town and works, f- uh, you might have seen him at some charity events and he has a new project called Impulse Wine. Uh, working on that internet retailer, which is uh, a real cool gig. So I'm excited to welcome them both. And before we get there, got to tell you, I was just in New Orleans, the Big Easy. Just got back and had a fantastic time. Um, everyone talks about their cuisine. The cuisine is amazing. You been down New Orleans, guys? Just a few months ago. No, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, well, I recommend it. Um, there's a place called Paddo's, Pat O'Brien's, and that's the the origin of the hurricane. Uh, the good kinds, the ones that uh, go down easy and don't knock you over till the third one. <laughs> um, but I tell you, you know, what's interesting about oysters down there, they're popular for their oysters, but the Puget Sound's got, our oysters are so much better. It's tough to beat. The oysters down there are the size of your fist, and it's a little much. And uh, they taste a little muddy to me. I think that's why they invented the Rockefeller just pile some stuff on to hide those tastes. Well, that being said, it's good to be back here in the 206 uh, with a little chill in the air. I don't mind it. The sun is shining and ain't that humid. Um, so, But I am getting thirsty just chatting about it. Uh, Yashar Cheyenne, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So uh, you've, uh, where'd you come from? Are you a Seattle guy or what? Uh, I'm not. I came to Seattle to go to UW in 2002. Um, I got my degree in sociology, and in the meanwhile, I got into wine and decided to stay here. I came from, so I grew up in Vancouver, Washington. I'm actually originally from Iran. I was born in Tehran. It's there until I was seven. Moved to Vancouver, Washington, not British Columbia, but the one next to Portland. Uh, moved there in 91, and then came here in 2002. And uh, you finished your sociology degree at UW? Yes, I did. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I had half a mind to, to ditch it after I got into wine, but I figured, ah, you know, I've got a year or two left. I'll well, just... you always, now you have something to fall back on. Yeah, right. In case I injure myself, you know, in the playoffs, I've got a fallback degree. That's good. That's right. And uh, you had the genesis, the idea uh, behind this cool company called Impulse Wine. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's an online wine shop, which... Um, is uh, I think a burgeoning concept. A good amount of them are popping up, but so so I really focused hard on how to make this unique and special. 
And uh, there's a lot of them who are trying to liquidate discount wines just by the dozen, and those are really easy to come by. So I decided to focus on hard-to-find wines as opposed to easy-to-find bargain bin stuff. Mine is really focused on up-and-coming new boutique wines, most of them from the Northwest, not always, but the majority of them are. And um, my aim is to find the wines that are worth discovering, but find them almost before anybody else finds them. Find them in the first vintage, maybe second, maybe even third vintage, but as early as possible. And so that when you see a wine featured on Impulse Wine and you drink it and enjoy it, I think six months later, you're going to see it getting big press. And that's kind of the idea is to try and be ahead of the curb and um, find the wines that it's like looking into the future, I think. Ah, (laughs) okay. Crystal ball. I like it. Working on it. And that's impulsewine.com. So, uh, you work started in the restaurant business, and and how did you uh, earn your chops uh, in as a sommelier? Yeah, well, so I actually started um, at a wine shop, and then after that, at a winery. I wanted to be a winemaker, and then after uh, trying uh, that, you <laughs> <laughs> no, I got out of it because I um, I wanted to learn more. I, I got to taste a lot of Washington wines as someone who was making wine in Washington. I was assistant winemaker at Matthew Sellers, and then um, I I discovered that the realm of the sommelier is so much broader. And that when I started taking my first sommelier classes, I saw that I could, uh, you know, learn about wines from all over the world. And that just gave me, I think, a greater appreciation for for wines in general, but also actually for Northwest wines. Um, So it just was a a better way to go because I'm someone who really loves wines from all over. And um, I didn't want to focus on just Washington wines in terms of what I I'm surrounded by day after day. So I think uh, being a sommelier or someone kind of who curates a collection of wines as I do now, I think that's uh, more apropos for me. Well, I appreciate that that notion that uh, once you find a little education about what's out there in the world, and Jeff Lindsay Thorson can uh, chime in on this, uh, when we started to study and realized how much is out there and how much great stuff is out there and really exciting wines, you're kind of like, you know, you've, you're talking, it's electric, yeah, it's hard to sit still once you once you get the buzz. It is once you have uh, you get just this spark kind of ignites, and then you just become hungry for more and more information. And the down the rabbit hole you go. There's so <laughs> much, and every six months is a new vintage. And with the internet, access to information is so much greater. And now you have things uh, just you know we're looking at you know current topics in the Ukraine and Crimean Peninsula. There's actually fascinating wines coming out of there. With silly names and like uh, we have uh, Coke Pandas and the Rexitelli and all just sorts of wines that are just beginning to kind of surface in the U.S. and getting and the Turkish wines are starting to come into the U.S. as well. And there's just it's fascinating how fast the world of wine is growing, especially with our imports and commercialization. Of course, the internet and all the information download is so much more at our fingertips. It allows us to uh, uh, get involved with those. I had uh, Joe Butler on a couple previous shows ago, and he chatted about Turkey and some of those wines with those funny names. And I heard you say, a new vintage every six months. That might have thrown some of our listeners. Goes, Wait a minute, vintage means year. Of course, we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, which are on opposite seasons. So you get two harvests if you, uh, well, if you play your cards right, you can enjoy one in the, the fall of, and then one in the fall. Two in the fall. Something like that. Apparently, so, apparently in equatorial areas that which is largely not viable for grape growing, but you can get uh, three or four harvests in a year. 
<laughs> That's right. If you use super fertilizer and uh, you know have your cuttings planted. <laughs> Speaking with uh, both Jeff Lindsay Thorson and Yashar Shayan here on Happy Hour Radio. Yashar's got a company called Impulse Wine, and he poured me a glass of. Well, Yashar, tell me about this wine, which is one of those special finds that only you have on Impulse Wine. Yeah, so this is Savage Grace. I first featured them a few months ago, back in October last year. And um, back then they had a Chardonnay, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Riesling, and a Cab Franc, all of which were great. And he's kind of focusing on making a lighter style of wine, kind of approaching a more French um, essence, if you will, sort of a Washington meets old world style. Um, They tend to be a little bit lower in alcohol, a little bit more delicate, some more earth to them, as opposed to just being all fruit and dominated by oak, because a lot of West Coast wines tend to be that way, um, because that's been the way we've been drinking. But that's changing a lot, and I think Savage Grace is on the front lines of that change that's coming. So it's called Savage Grace because the winemaker, his name is Michael Savage, and so it's a play on his last name, of course, and the idea is that the wines are uh, really great balanced juxtaposition of the rustic, savage qualities that wine can have, especially European wines, and then the grace kind of just uh, clean, pure prettiness that wines can have. And these wines kind of tend to have both, and I think they really live up to the name well. Uh, Very interesting. The proverbial iron fist in the velvet glove. Savage grace uh, from Impulse Wine. And uh, when we come back from this break, we'll talk about uh, you mentioned a couple things. First of all, I like the idea of oak domination. Domination. So this is Savage Grace Wine. We're on Happy Hour Radio. Uh, this wine is courtesy of ImpulseWine.com. And coming up on the show, we've got a really exciting story of a sommelier, Jeff Lindsay Thorson, who's going to be heading off to Master Sommelier Exam. And he also has a winery. So we'll be right back. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask. Send them an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. And we are your hosts having a lot of fun. We are now three people. It's we. We are your hosts on Happy Hour Radio. Woodenville Wine Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Time for another round. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio, Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Here's Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. We three sommeliers are. We've got three sommeliers here in the house. I've got Jeff Lindsay Thorson with WT Vintners, and I've got Yashar Shine of Impulse Wine. And also I heard uh, I might have my guest, Madeline Puckett, be coming up on the show. So we'll wait for her in our final chapter here of the show, the final segment. But back to Savage Grace. Uh, Yashar, you own ImpulseWine.com, which is an internet wine company. And you just poured me one of your special finds. This is a Syrah from Savage Grace 2012. 
told me it's the second vintage, the second release. Is that correct? Well, so it's kind of a 1.5, I, I suppose, because the whites first came out, and now he's got a few reds. So this is technically the first release of this wine. It's a Syrah Grenache blend. Um, it's about 65% Grenache and 35, or sorry, 65% Syrah, 35% Grenache. And uh, this has got some good acidity, but it doesn't feel taste like it's been uh, corrected or acidulated. I think it's very well balanced. Where is his? Where are his vineyard sites? He has it's so it's Denhode, Ambassador, and Stillwater Creek. The Grenache being Denhode and Ambassador and Stillwater Creek are both Syrah. Jeff is Denhode down in Wallula? Is that? Uh... It is, and then uh, Stillwater, you know, pretty actually not too far from Ellensburg, so that's probably where the acid's coming from. One okay. of the cooler sites, and. Yakima Valley. Yeah, and Wallula still gets some of that Columbia Gap, uh, Columbia River wind, doesn't it? Isn't it kind of a cooler site for versus Walla Walla? Uh, it is. It gets a tremendous amount of sun, though, and so it gets it's pretty darn hot, but they do have a dramatic swing in temperatures from day to night and a lot of air movement. Yeah. Well, this is a tasty wine. Uh, what's the retail on this? Uh, what's the Special Impulse wine price? <laughs> so this one is uh, it's twenty six ninety nine. And um, it's it's not like a discount wine because it's pretty uh, pretty hard to find. I've only seen it maybe in one other wine shop, um, so it's it's definitely not a a discount liquidator wine. No, not coming out. Here. No. You're hoping not with 1.5 <laughs> vintage. Yeah, exactly. And Business he only model. made he only made uh, 75 cases of of this wine. Business model must have gone wrong if that was the case. Well, <laughs> uh, this is a nice find. It's a tasty wine, uh, 2012 Savage Grace. Um, I was trying to remember what you said. We said Oak Domination and then, oh, the best of Washington and the Old World. Um, it made me think that we had a bunch of best of Washington and Old World, which was Britannomyces and a bunch of wines <laughs> like a decade ago. That was the Old World, right? Yeah, I think that was our, our old measuring stick for, oh, this tastes like France if it's, if it's got a lot of Brett in it. And I actually had a... I have a Cabernet that I featured from him as well. I don't have it with me today, but it tasted so much like it had come from France, like from Bordeaux or from uh, maybe more like almost more like a Loire Valley Cab Franc, just the, the earthiness and the herb qualities without any of that, um, you know, dirty fermentation, Britannomyces quality. It was really clean, but still tasted like old world. Well, that's good. And we'll talk to Jeff Lindsay Thorsten about uh, cleanliness in the workplace, especially when it comes down to winemaking, now that you are straddling that fence of sommelier and winemaker. Yeah, working in the wine, uh, in the winery, and Michael uh, Savage is my neighbor, and he's uh, wearing this kind of little bottom of the hill in the, uh, in the winery ghetto in Woodinville, and the formerly known as the Warehouse District. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we both have a pretty similar methodology and ideology about what we want our wines to taste like and how we want to work with our growers in the vineyard. So great neighbors. He shares my my love of French wines, but also my the deep commitment to Washington. So it's a nice uh, nice partnership we have as neighbors. You guys are hybrids. I like it. And the wine is showing well. And uh, you also brought uh, Yashar. You also poured me a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, which looks like... <laughs> 2009 vintage. Tell me about this wine. So this is by Forgeron. This is not necessarily a new winery, but this is a, a newer label from them. It's sort of a reserve label. It's a Cabernet blend called Anvil to play on the Forgeron theme, which is, of course, French for um, blacksmith uh, forge, as in Forgeron. 
And so this is uh, from the Columbia Valley of Washington. It comes from some of the top vineyards throughout the Columbia Valley, like Pepper Ridge, Boucher, Dionysus. It's Cab Merlot and um, Petit Verdot. And again, it's kind of a more elegant style. It's made by a woman who is actually a, a French transplant here to Washington. She learned her winemaking in France before she came here. And so I think it really... Eve Marie. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so I think it demonstrates exactly exactly what I just said, that it's it's almost like this Washington meets France sort of aspiration. Uh, and this is also a delicious wine. Um, great ripeness of fruit for the 2009 vintage, but also has, uh, I'll say it's just moderate to moderate, moderate plus acidity. The acidity is, is bright, um, but it's certainly well balanced by that ripeness of fruit. Jeff, what do you think? I think you're, you're spot on the acid levels really definitely keep the you know, perception of freshness. There is a pretty aggressive uh, oak note that right now, I think the wine is young, um, even at 2009, but that oak is could easily dominate the wine, I think, the and the ripeness of the vintage as well, but the bright acidity that Washington brings into the into the game is really it's going to cru- the crucial point that brings this wine together. I think some of that oak note is also providing some of the uh, tannin texture because this doesn't seem as tannic as I would expect from a you called it a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, it's fifty uh, percent cab. Okay, so it's fifty thirty Merlot and twenty uh, percent Petit Verdot. So you have the cab and Petit yeah. Verdot to give some. Pretty good structure, and then of course the the smooth roundness of that thirty percent Merlot. Well, there's some elegance, there's some power, um, and it's it's really a flavorful wine, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. It, uh, you know, '09 was it was a very celebrated vintage by some of the critics because I think we got a lot of high scores from those national guys. But uh, I think um, a couple years down the line, some of those wines may not hold up as well as. Um, they, they may have showed early on just because they get unbalanced with that acid. They had to correct it. So, uh, Well, cool find. And this is a wine you can find on ImpulseWine.com. Yeah, so Impulse Wine operates via email newsletter. So you can go to the website. You just sign up for free. And uh, once a week you get a, an email from me that says, hey, here's my favorite wine this week that I just discovered. It's it's uh, the Syrah Grenache blend from Savage Grace, for example, and that is what I was what I'm featuring this week. And then Forgeron will be featured down the line. So you can sign up for the newsletter and you'll get offers of these pretty limited wines um and this one. The and we book. sign up how? You go to impulsewine.com and Impulse the first thing you'll see com. is a, a prompt to just punch in your And email. then look for the email, hey, I'm Yashar. I've yeah. got a great wine for you, which is really tasty. How many wines have you offered in your uh well, brief history uh, as the online retailer. Yeah, I've been operating for about 10 and a half months. I think I've done close to 80 or so wines. Very cool. That's exciting. Um, well, Josh Shar, thanks. I want you to stick around because Jeff Lindsay Thorson of WT Vinters uh, provided some wines uh, here on Happy Hour Radio. And I'm going to get ready to say, Jeff Lindsay Thorson, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Great to be here. So, WT Vinters, um, we're going to chat about your winery, but uh, I know that... Um, I remember back, it must have been in six years ago, uh, I had just briefly met you. Um, you were one of my panelists for the Seattle Wine Awards, and then you like went off to New Zealand or something. You took a walkabout, a wine walkabout. Tell us about your past. When did you get here, and where did you go? All right, so I started out, and I moved here just uh, kind of as a dumb luck to be with, be with a lady that lived here and my friend uh, and I had a couple friends here as well as my family vacated our, our home in Southern California, moved up to Whidbey Island. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Um was climbing the corporate ladder and said, wait, this is awful. Um, 
I'm going to be a cultural anthropologist, and then um, right about the same time fell in love with wine through a couple just uh, uh, great opportunities to taste taste these just some of the best wines of the world, and it all spiraled out of control from there. And now since then, I've had the opportunity to work with some of the greatest chefs in the Pacific Northwest from uh, Scott Carsberg at, at Lamprea. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, that's the one I couldn't remember. That's very cool. Yeah, Scott's uh, Scott's in my eyes is probably the best chef that uh, Seattle's ever seen. He's incredible um, and dynamic, dynamic chef. But then I spent uh, several years as kind of formative sommelier years with uh, Carrie Sear at Cascadia, uh, moments with uh, the Wild Ginger Group o- opening their restaurant in Bellevue, and then I ran uh, Cafe Juanita with Holly Smith in Kirkland and then found my way to RN74 working for Michael Mina and Raj Parr, and I've been there for the last three years. Has it been three years already? It's crazy. And yeah. when's the anniversary? Is the third June something, right? Uh, June 13th is our anniversary, but on June 15th we're actually doing a James Beard Foundation dinner where we have chefs, uh, James Beard award-winning chefs from all over the country coming to do to each cook a course. It's going to be nuts. Wow. Well, be on the lookout for that. Um, and Jeff Lindsay Thorson, that is quite the uh, path of, uh, well, of matriculation. Uh, was uh, Scott Carsberg before Carrie Sear, or was that after? Uh, Scott was before. Yeah, he didn't talk to me for about a year and a half when I moved three doors down to Oh, that's right. You did leave, and uh, that was probably tough because he could be a little bit uh, – he could carry some – persona <laughs> some of that uh well anyway, anyway we'll talk about scott we'll scott, talk about scott is legend he is a legend and i i'll say this you know when you work in the restaurant business as all three of us do and have it was always difficult to take that day off when you only had one or two one nights and then go out to dinner because and so i never had a chance to go enjoy scott carsberg was he still around Yes, I think he's now. I read he's working for France Chocolate, doing uh, doing uh, oh. develop doing recipe development. Oh, so he's, that's uh, cool. He's become a chocolatier. Oh, well, not a musketeer, a chocolatier. <laughs> uh, here, speaking with Jeff Lindsay Thorson of WT Vintners and uh, learning about his path in the wine world. And Jeff, um, you and I have tasted blind together. You and I have studied and and uh, uh, been in the the highs and lows of our of our pin path. Uh, tell us how that process is going and what's next on the horizon for you. Uh, so the masochistic endeavor towards the uh, Master Sommelier uh, certification continues. I'll sit in three weeks in Aspen with a couple uh, couple other uh, sommeliers from Seattle, uh, James Lechner and Noel Doty uh, from Bastille, Stoneburner, and the Met Grill, respectively. They, The three of us, uh, we all have uh, different parts that we need to conquer. I have the theory exam, which is an oral exam, and then I have uh, tasting, which is also an oral exam of six wines uh, in 25 minutes. And uh, it's a very, very intense experience, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to crushing it. Yeah, and I uh, wish you the best of luck, and we work hard at this profession and this journey. I know that I have put my sights on 2015 as I'm going to make this my dedication for the next 12 months when I get there. Um, I want to crush it. So uh, what's great about the community is we may have just recently read in a, a Letty Teague article, which talked about the Seattle Sommeliers, uh, our little area, a little corner of geekdom in wine. And it's really exciting for all of us. And best of luck to James and Noel and yourself as well. So on to W.T. Vintners. Tell me about this new project. Where was the inspiration? I mean, you didn't. I thought a restaurant guy works hard enough as it is, but you wanted to do more. Um, yeah, I'm not good at uh, being idle, so I wanted to. Ultimately, it started where I just wanted to be a better sommelier. I wanted to learn how uh, what how things work from you know from 
the from the bud to the bottle. And so with that, started working, uh, started in 2005, working vintage down in Oregon, um, then worked, uh, helped out here in Washington. And then 2007, uh, started was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, uh, George White, who's the, the W&WT Vintners, and we ended mm. up uh, deciding we were going to make a little bit of wine and in his dad's garage. And so we partnered with his dad as well. And then we subsequently only made minuscule amounts of wine in 07, 08, and 09. And then in 2008, my wife and I took a uh, exceedingly uh, awesome and long honeymoon and worked a vintage in Burgundy, saw the world, worked uh, and made our way east and south, worked a vintage in New Zealand, um, always focusing on making Pinot Noir, and then came back and in 2010 started ramping up WT Vintner. So now we're working with four different vineyards, from the Columbia Gorge to the foothills of the Walla Walla, uh, Blue Mountains in Walla Walla, and uh, just making single vineyard kind of old world philosophically, but uh, distinctly Washington wines. Well, I am really excited about that, and that's a very amazing journey. Um, all those years go by quick, don't they, those vintages? You've got some wines that uh, we're going to chat about. I know you brought your Grüner Veltliner, yeah? And you also brought another wine uh, that we'll get a taste. And coming up on the show, I still have got Madeline Puckett of Wine Folly here on Happy Hour Radio. And in studio with me is Yashar Shai and Impulse Wine and Jeff Lindsay Thorson. Hey, we'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. The glass is always half full. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio, Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Here's the Commodore of Cocktails, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I am your Commodore, and we are taking it easy right here in studio with Yasha Shine of Impulse Wine, Jeff Lindsay Thorson of WT Vintners, and coming up later on the show is Madeline Puckett of Wine Folly. So, Jeff, we were chatting about your gallivanting around the world, trying to make Pinot Noir and making some good Pinot Noir, I bet. But here you are. You making Pinot Noir now? Uh, no. <laughs> well, tell us what wines you've got in the W.T. Vintners family. Uh, so right now uh, we have, we're have we working with four vineyards, um, starting furthest west, a Gruner Valliner from Underwood Mountain. And then from the Horse Heaven Hills, we make a wine called Gorgeous, which is from the Destiny Ridge Vineyard. It's 100% Syrah. Uh, we did start playing with a little uh, Viognier co-fermentation in 2013. Then uh, moving, continuing east, we have uh, the Stony Vine Vineyard, which is in the rocks in Walla Walla. Hmm. And then up into the foothills of the Blue Mountains, the Lake Helene Vineyard. And then those are all uh, single vineyard. Both of those are single vineyard Syrah. And playing with loads of whole cluster, no new oak, really going for a very traditional old school Syrah. But is that Roy Stang? Uh, yeah, Rustang, uh, Allemand, Gentaz. <laughs> uh, like you get if you go, you go back. You get uh, the the style of wine we're we're really shooting for is a uh, is a 
old school, old school Syrah was Washington Syrah with structure and perfume and just uh, wines that are beautiful in the moment, but also have a have a place in your cellar. Well, I like the fact that the names are very fun. Gorgeous Syrah. You have a wine. Is it you're still doing a rosé called Dalliance? Uh, with the, the Dalliance is a red blend with the Mavedra. Uh, Syrah and Grenache, and that was uh, in all from the rocks, and that was a uh, dalliance in that it's uh, kind of a brief love, love uh. affair, maybe a one night stand or a little. Uh, so we just had this great opportunity to work with this amazing fruit, but uh, might just be a one off. So we uh, so we called it dalliance. We've got a this year uh, out of just out of our tasting room a rosé of Mavedra from the Stony mm. Vine Vineyard, um, which called Parasol, so a little uh, sunbrella. Ah, sunbrella. Uh, yeah. So nice. there were uh, yeah exciting times. We're growing. Quickly, but uh, you know, really keeping keeping sight on making the best possible wines from the best possible vineyards, and really not uh, not ever compromising. So that's the John Wood moment. Uh, you're growing quickly, but don't rush, right? Yeah, it's uh, what is uh, Festina Lente? I think is, the, is uh, hurry slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking with Jeff Lindsay Thorson of WT Vintners, and he just went through his wine lineup. But I've got a white wine in my glass here, and um, this is interesting enough. One of the the most recent plantings in the state, I believe. But tell me about this Gruner Veltliner. So this is uh, Gruner Veltliner, which is uh, indigenous to Austria. It's actually the most widely planted uh, grape in Austria. However, um, it's a sommelier darling around the world. But people, it's still on the esoteric end of the spectrum for sure um the wine the underwood mountain is this old extinct volcano that's actually older than most of the cascades and it's this it's essentially a lump versus a mountain at this point and it's just it's accumulation of wind-blown volcanic sediment which is called lus and then basalt boulders that are really decayed uh due to the age and it's just this mountain's been weathered over Mm. millennia into this just a big bump right across from on the Washington side, but right across the river from Hood River, Oregon. Oh, so and, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm, and just so 45 minutes east of Portland and right next to Celilo, where you have some of uh, Washington's oldest uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir plantings. Sure. Maybe the one place that Pinot Noir has shown some, shown some promise. Yeah. And who uh, who had this vision, the inspiration to be planting Gruner Veltliner? Uh, Jack Brady is a former commercial airline pilot, uh, retired to Pear Farm Vineyard, and uh, I think he really was very experimental in his plantings and found that uh, Gruner was, uh, as far as the soil type, the aspect, the climate, was very much like uh, Kremstal in Austria. And so planted Gruner, uh, made some maybe uh, some more bold things like planted Syrah and Cabernet, and, um, which have proven not to be so awesome, but some interesting Pinot Noir coming there, coming from there, Riesling, Pinot Gris, Gewürztraminer. Um, but I think for, to my palate, to WT's style, I think uh, Gruner Valliner is uh, just incredibly dynamic from this site. Well, let's uh, let's break this wine down. I've got uh, four sommeliers now here in studio with Madeline Puckett, Yasha Cheyenne, Jeff Lindsay Thorson, and myself. Uh, Gruner Veltliner, known for a uh, white wine, um, moderate to moderate plus body at times, uh, moderate plus acidity, uh, sense of minerality, and uh, flavors uh, which come off really in the spectrum of green. And I should talk to Madeline. Madeline, tell us what you've got in your infographics when it comes to Gruner Veltliner. Oh, Gruner definitely is something that so many love to talk about because 
we are all and essentially become acid heads. I think that's what we like to call ourselves. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> no, that's a pothead. Sorry. That's a di- that's a different kind of head. Um, so so we just love that spritey, bright acidity that comes in your mouth, and it just explodes. And this wine is really doing it. It's like my mouth is just like watering and I could be drooling if there was enough, you know, of that going on. I could drool with this wine. This is a drool-worthy wine. He's like pushing the glass towards me so I don't spit it out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, so white pepper, radish, uh, citrus notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yashar, what are you getting out of this schooner Vetliner? I think definitely there's like a tangerine kind of quality. It's not in-your-face overripe tangerine, but a uh, nice kind of subtle citrus. And Jeff, um, this is... 13? 13, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, released three weeks ago, um, 232 cases, so it, you know, microscopic production as far as the, the grand the grand scheme of things. I see you have it in screw top. Is this the first or second vintage of Gruner? Second vintage of Gruner, um, yeah. Screw top, I think, is the way to go. We actually like to hang on to a little bit of uh, the bound uh, CO2, carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. and it just gives this little lift and this little spritz and kind of totally just elevates all elevates the aromatics but also that gives this brightness of mouthfeel so the screw top helps preserve that whereas a cork you have some slight air exchange and that that little bit of spritz dissipates when you guys are describing gruner vetliner to someone who's not familiar with the wine what 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 other synonyms what other grape varieties do you say that it's like how do you help people get into this wine? Uh, my wife, actually, she, uh, Courtney, kind of nails it. She calls it uh, Sauvignon Blanc meets Riesling. Like It's this, you have this briskness of Sauvignon Blanc, that herbaceousness of Sauvignon Blanc, but then this kind of, this the piercing acidity and the, the fruit forwardness I like that. of Riesling, which I think she's really, she's really good at articulating, uh, articulating grapes. You know what I find that's unique about your Gruner to, say, Austrian Gruner is... And maybe he's right. You're Says writing Washington. in calling it Kremstall, <laughs> you know, that that they're a little bit richer. And this one has more sort of peachy notes or tangerine notes like you were calling. And and for Gruner, that's pretty rare, If especially if you're just getting the grocery store Gruner, that it's a lot more green and peppery. But this one has quite a bit more peachy fruity notes, which is kind of something that you have to spend quite a bit of money for if you're going to buy Austrian or Austrian Gruner. Am I, am I right it's about, about that? It's about the ripeness here. You get a little more heat units in Washington. Is this a single vineyard, Underwood Mountain, or is this it a blend? Is. Um, so Underwood Mountain is, is, a, is a mountain and a vineyard. So the Underwood Mountain Vineyard, um, it is subalpine. It's quite a cool site. But 2013 was a very, very hot year in Washington. Right. Even in Seattle, we had an epic summer. That was great. Um, so that <laughs> translates to very hot hot when you get over the mountains and as far west as underwood is it was still quite warm we also really had to wait um the everything looked wonderful and then we got a uh, giant rainstorm several inches in one night and that pushed harvest back a couple weeks um, fortunately there's tremendous amount of airflow so we didn't have any problems with mold or mildew or rot but with that you got to wait for the all that wa- water accumulation to subside and that equals uh, more time on the vine. So we did end up with uh, a little bit of elevated alcohol. We're at right. uh, a whopping 13%, which is pretty contrary for Washington it, as it, a whole. But uh, much more than our 12 was 12%. We really try to, like 12 and a half, I think it's the sweet 13 is 13, spot. 12 is 12. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, do you do Still any lucky. kind of um, lee stirring and skin contact to elevate the mouthfeel in this? Uh, we do. So 20% of the wine was was fermented in very, very neutral barrels. Um, we do a little bit of batonnage, which is uh, stirring of the lees. 
um, just to fill, get this kind of uh, richer mid palate. Um, Gruner has this wonderful beginning and an end, and we wanted to make sure that it had a, a great kind of a substantial middle as well. And so that's on the palate. And so that little bit of lee stirring really helps. Well, there's a lot of flavor in this wine. And, and to Madeline's point earlier, yes, uh, in Austria you have to purchase uh, a smaragd or um, uh, stein fetter and fetter yeah, which are the uh, riper. The reserve. Yeah, reserve or smart would be your would be your kind of the full throttle style gruner. But they tend to get petrized, it seems sometimes, or at least that's what I always find on a honey note in those. Yeah, I'd get that kind of gingery ginger and uh, like, yeah, you know, waxy and honeyed honeyed note. This is definitely there's no petritus. The and fruit was super clean. Interestingly enough, too, Madeline, when you asked what do we what are these grapes associated with? I don't know. When in blind tastings, man, gruner, chablis. Sometimes Albarino and Shannon, those are like the mystery wines. If it would, depending on the temperature, depending on the vintage, you know, I've missed that green herb, herbaceous note, and sometimes miscalled yeah, the acidity. Chablis. Yeah, that's a good. That is a good call too. It's weird when we start trying to analyze them, and you think about this wine, which is so much more fruity than your Austrian than the typical Austrian Gruner, if you will. Um, but it's it's it makes me want Thai food. I am like hungry. Yeah, it's uh, hungry on happy hour. We got to go find a happy hour after the show. <laughs> they deliver here. <laughs> well, we've got wine, we've got song, and we've got four happy sommeliers here on Happy Hour Radio. Um, coming up, we're going to chat with Madeline Puckett about uh, some of her infographics, and uh, I'm going to ask you, Shar, are we going to find WT Vintners? on on uh, impulse wine at any time? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I my focus is discovering the discoverable wines and from the beginning WT was clearly a wine that was going to wow everyone and be in high demand. So it was among my first features I did um his gorgeous Syrah and then later I did his Gruner Vetliner and uh I'm trying to butter him up to give me some of his next vintage of Gruner. So I'm going to put him on the spot right here on the radio oh. <laughs> in the hopes that he'll he'll hook us up with a little Gruner for impulse. We're, we're in negotiations. Uh, okay. Aggressive, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, where can we find uh, WT Vintner Wines around Puget Sound? Uh, so we are, let's see, uh, you can find the Gruner at WT Vintner's is pretty close to, like, uh, unabashedly, pretty close to every uh, major sommelier-driven restaurant in the city. Um, you can find our Gruner by the Glass at Canlis at Terra Plata. Mm. Um, mm, Terra Plata Gruner yeah. on the sun deck? Yeah, oh. exactly. That was weird. Good times. Sitting with the wine buyer there, we were tasting it, and we were both just were like, this needs to be on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to go to Terra Plata because I haven't been there yet, and Canlis is always a fantastic place to enjoy, well, food, wine, cocktails, and some piano music. Um, so, Jeff, w- quite the journey. It's, it's so fun to have you on because I tell you, in our industry, we are either at a trade tasting where we're focusing on our duties um, or we are uh, sitting across from each other um, having 25 minutes to break down six wines, three whites, three reds, and we never have time to really hang out and chat and share some stories. And I always find that Happy Hour Radio has been the perfect platform to share stories. It's been awesome to share a glass of wine with you. Thanks so much. Um, when you said you're in Woodenville, right? It's it's go to the studio. You have a tasting room, or we do. We have. Uh, we actually opened uh, just opened. Yeah, just uh, April fifth and sixth, or was our grand debut. Balloons um, and everything. Uh, fortunately, Michael at Savage Grace bring has balloons up, so that helps <laughs> it pull people pull people down to the bottom of the hill. Um, but we are open Saturdays and Sundays from one to five. Um, I'm there. My wife Courtney's there. Our partners George and Casey are there. Um, it's really cool. It's a small, intimate setting. 
few wines um everyone really versed with uh, you know able to talk the talk it's a cool uh, it's a really cool spot we hope you can come visit us well you're a cool cat and uh, thank you for being here on happy hour radio so check out wt the letters wtvintners.com to find gorgeous syrah the dalian serone blend if it's still there the gruner the parasol rosé and uh well perhaps something behind the back bar um, coming up next, we'll have Madeline Puckett with WineFolly.com. And uh, don't forget, you can always send a question to ask at Happy Hour Radio. We'll be right back. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Woodenville Wine Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. Grab a stool. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Here's master mixologist Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. We just had a just had a great segment featuring Jeff Lindsay Thorson at WT Vintners, which is up in Woodenville. And uh, we do thank Woodenville Wine Country for helping produce this show. One of our sponsor partners. It's always fun up in Woodenville. You can check out WT Vintners on Saturday and Sunday, and um, sometime perhaps in the new future, you might find those wines on ImpulseWine.com. But right now. Um, one of my favorite guests is Madeline Puckett with Wine Folly. Madeline has got this amazing uh, creative knack for helping um, share and educate and sort of translate the the geeky wine parts into really fun wine pleasure. Madeline Puckett, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me again. It's good to have you back. And uh, I was just tickled by your site, winefolly.com, as I was perusing it. And uh, something made me laugh. And I just was laughing and loving it. And I said, Madeline's coming back. So um, where did you find this? You've got something on your site called Seven Reasons Why Wine is Like <laughs> Women. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are going there. Okay. So... How do you get into wine? That's always the question I get asked a million times because, you know, it's over 250,000 wines come out every year and you can't keep up with it. No, sommelier can't. Nobody can keep up with it. And so I was trying to help people remember that it's not about knowing it all. It's about the experience. And so I started playing out around with the idea of how you get date other people and get to know other people and find out about them and then I came up with this idea and now it's now I'm on the spot. So one of them is one of the reasons is there's so many to choose from. So many to choose from. And I'm gonna say, baby, that was just for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many to choose from. How wine is not like women though is that you don't once you make a decision, you don't you can 
try something else afterward. You don't have to stick to Cabernet always. You can be like, you know, maybe today is a Syrah day, or maybe today is a Lagrine day, or, you know, something real weird, like a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo day. So, Madeline, you're advocating for wine polygamy. Is that, I just want to be clear? (laughs) To be clear, (laughs) wine polygamy is okay. Totally fine. Except in Utah. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. Utah has terrible uh, laws. You can only bring in like two bottles. Two wives uh, and, at a time, man. And other, it's a federal offense if they catch you with more than two bottles if you come in like on a flight or something like that. So you're packing yeah. chair bombs. Yeah. We were at, <laughs> it's only one bottle, officer. We were advised to just not try to enter that market. It's a, it's a scary <laughs> market. Okay. So then one, reason number two is the good ones are taken. Mm. You ever notice how you're you're out on the field again? You're available. You're in market. You're feeling good. You're looking good. You, you've got a plan for life, and you just want to find that right person to go along with you. And you meet someone, and they're amazing. And Thank you. They're just like, like, oh wow, you're so cool. Yes, yes, you're welcome. Um, and then they hold up their hand, and there's a ring. And you're like, well, you were totally worth it. And that person figured it out. That's awesome. Um, and, and by that, I mean in the wine world, there's a synergy. There's a synonymous thing there. A lot of winemakers figure out their formula that's perfect. And then they create a list of people who love their product, want to buy their product, and it gets allocated. These are allocations. Hmm. A lot of people don't know about this, but there are some wineries that their major release is only to their wine club. And you can't even get it. It's completely allocated. So you get on a waiting list. Fortunately, it's not like women. They're taken, but you have a chance. It's like it, a little black book that someone had with... Uh, so, so you're saying we should you find someone you like, but they're taking you to sign up. <laughs> just put... <laughs> they need your credit card. Here's my card. If only it were that simple with women. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason number three is they'll cost you an arm and a leg. The good wines, they're expensive. And it's worth it. It's worth every penny. Yes, lo- but not lo- at impulsewine.com, right? Definitely. Seek out really the top values. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the little black book, yeah. Is and, that's only, and that's only after that wine relationship has ended. When that bottle of love is empty, <laughs> it's going someplace. So what number are we on now? We're on number four, and this one I'm embarrassed about because I've gotten a lot of flack for it. And I have a reason. I, this is my one chance to defend myself. Some age more gracefully than others. Mm, Now, this is not a physical thing. This is all about where your mind is. How you age has everything to do with how you perceive the world and how you stay youthful in your mind. It wasn't necessarily a physical thing. I think a lot of people got hell. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of emails, and that's what I mean. Now, in terms of wine, it's kind of a physical thing. Fortunately, you can judge it by how it tastes and looks and blah blah blah. Color. I judge it by color. <laughs> You're so racist. <laughs> oh come on! Now we're having fun on Happy Hour okay. Radio. It's true. All right. So reason number five: um, they prefer to stay in a stable home. Now, with women, we call that nesting. With wine, we call that cellaring. Hmm. You want to have your wine, if you're going to keep it for a while, 
you want to have it at a right, good temperature, good humidity. And you'll find that women <laughs> like good humidity, too. I moved to Seattle from Reno, and I, I have like gotten five years younger instantly. Just it's all by, in the mind. What are you talking about? Just by coming into this nice, moist climate, I've wow. managed to, to feel young again. Um, well, they don't like being in a dark, damp place, though. That's something else. Those yeah. are mushrooms. Well, the the little bit, not too damp, just the right amount so that you feel moisturized. Oh, good. You don't want to get ashy. No. Um, all right. Numbers. Reason number six: exotics are intimidating. Hmm. Um, and then the the coin, the toss of the coin to that is, but domestics can be a little less exciting. So who's you? Who do you want? Do you want something super exotic? And if you're talking about women, we could talk about that beautiful Latin woman who's got a huge family and amazing story, and she talks really loud, and she's just stunning. Or you have someone who's, you know, a little more relaxed. They know what they want. They'll make you dinner. You feel comfortable. It's maybe it's same old, same old. What's your style? <laughs> Can you apply that to two grapes? So let's talk about grapes. Chardonnay? Exo- Gruner Vetliner, for instance, since we were just talking about an exotic grape. There's not very much of that in the world. I think there's only like 40,000 acres. It's really small. Um, And when you taste it, you're like, what am I drinking? What is this? This is crazy. Are you going to have that every night? Is that something that... Can you handle Gruner every night? I hope so. I might knock back a glass (laughs) in the morning and then go off to work. Great breakfast wine, for sure. Great breakfast. Okay, so obviously you guys can handle exotics. Yeah, Gruner's the kind of wine I think you can uh, go to bed with and then wake up in the morning with as well. I think yeah. it's good for both. <laughs> this is sleep. This is sleep. This is just getting worse by the minute. Okay. This is your list. Reason number seven. I know, I'm terrible. True that. Uh, reason number seven, tastes evolve as you grow up. I think we can all agree. I on thought that. you lost taste buds as you grew up. I thought our taste started to diminish. I like to use the word evolve. Oh, evolve. Okay. <laughs> I think she means taste in a uh, in the metaphorical, esoteric, ethereal sense. Not oh, right. Your taste in not wine, flavor. not your taste of wine. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But you know, you start with uh, God forbid, white Zinfandel. But we need we all every every uh, libation needs needs a gateway. And then uh, you know, and then you you discover Cabernet Zinfandel or Amarone, and then uh, as you evolve, you you fall in love with Burgundy as you should. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> that's right. You've arrived. Long. You have arrived. Okay, so that's pretty fun. That is so fun. We're having fun with Happy Hour Radio with Madeline Puckett of Wine Folly, and of course Yashar Cheyenne and Jeff Lindsay Thorson. We're all wow. We're ganging up on you, but you have stuck through, and what a great list! You've got a couple of these things on your website, WineFolly.com. And uh, one one of the posters, the infographics, what do you call them? Uh, yeah, infographics, data visualization, if you want to get de- geeky about the technical term, because infographic isn't really yeah, a word. Let's we need see. a cooler name. Let's say poster. Like- poster. <laughs> poster. Uh, one of the posters I saw was the real difference between cheap wine and expensive wine. And that really broke it down. You had the uh, tal- well. Italia, Men- you had a Mendoza Malbec, and you had a, what was it, a Burgundy or a Cab or a Bordeaux. Oh, yeah, yeah, And so yeah. you talked about, uh, first of all, winemaking and then oak usage, and then do you remember what you've got on that? Uh, there's there's oak and age and where it's where it's from. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. I think there was a bottle of Italia Malbec, which you can find in the store for maybe three ninety nine, dollars 99 It's pretty affordable. And then next to it was this uh, Crow Parentu. Uh, it's a Burgundy. It's a vineyard in Burgundy that's a premier, premier Crow Burgundy. 
Premier crew, where they have ground crew. It's amazing. See, see, we have get verification over here, and I think it's I think that bottle that I picked out is maybe in the thirty two hundred dollar. Emmanuel Rouget. Yeah, wines. yeah, and the Emmanuel Rouget is making the wines. It used to be Henri. Henri Jay. Yeah. See, there we go. Sorry. We're, yeah. <laughs> We're this, speaking this, over this, everybody's head right now. Sorry. I know. This is that Burgundy's my jam. That's right, That's Burgundy. Jam. It's his jam. He works at a French restaurant. Um, RN seventy four. So I was talking about what makes these wines so different. Because people always have that question, well, I want to buy a wine that's $5 that tastes like a $20 wine, or I want to buy a $20 wine that tastes like a $100 wine, or blah, 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 blah. So what is actually happening that makes a wine more expensive? And you can talk about where it's from as one of those things, because the cost of the land and making those grapes in that area makes it cost a certain amount. And then you talk about oak aging, which is actually something that a lot of people disagree about. But I went through and I looked at the top 50 most expensive wines in the world, and I, then I analyzed the top um, auction prices, and, and I came up with this formula. It's, it's kind of generalized, but the most expensive wines in the world, save for maybe Riesling, which is fermented in oak, but the, the one that is, um, all are aged in oak. Zindebrecht? They're all aged in oak. And the more oak and the more new oak, the more expensive. And and that's true because it takes – one oak tree only makes two oak barrels, and the cost of an oak tree is really expensive, and the best oak barrels cost lots and lots of money. You know. Yeah, he knows. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot to do with it. But um, I think you said the place comes in because if you only got that much space to grow. And, yeah. and everybody on, on Happy Hour Radio, I'm holding my fingers about an inch apart. Yeah, only that much space to grow the best wine, then that cost is one of the the, ma- the biggest factors. And and when you look at wine, wine from Napa Valley is generally cheaper than wine from, from a smaller area within Napa, such as Rutherford or Howell Mountain. As soon as you get smaller and you get more and more specific, it becomes and more and more less and less expensive. quantity. Yeah, That's less and it, less quantity. Yeah. So if you want to analyze it and then t- t- and actually talk about why it's more expensive, those are the reasons. And then you talk about bottling and the presentation and blah, 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 and, and importing it and all that stuff. <laughs> the $20 empty bottle costs a lot more than the 7-ounce Cheap glass bottle, you'll find. Yeah. Well, I like that. And that's why I saw, I wanted to speak about the real difference between cheap wine and expensive wine. You can go to winefolly.com and find the, an amazing uh, variety of uh, wine information, um, data visualization, and wine graphics. Um, the last one I wanted to talk about, but unfortunately we don't have time. We'll have to have you back. Um, it was grapes and famous red and white blends. But uh, all the people out there in Happy Hour Radio Land can go to winefolly.com. So Madeline Puckett. This is so fun. It's always fun. Thanks for being a good sport, and thanks for writing seven reasons why wine is like women. This is a fantastic list. So fun, and the Madeline, yeah. Madeline's ability to distill a really complex subject down to this really manageable amount of information is amazing. It is amazing. So thank you very much, Madeline, for being on Happy Hour Radio. Yashar, uh, Jeff Lindsay Thorson, thank you very much. Hey, coming up uh, next week, I've got Cynthia Nims, who's a foodie cook and author. She's going to talk about salty snacks and gourmet game night and more. And plus, we're going to dive into South African wines, those exotic ones, Ooh. with uh, Jim Clark from New York City. 
Um, if you're looking to get out and about, uh, check out Woodenville. We've got the Convergence Zone release party, the Facelli 25th anniversary sale, and Mother's Day brunch at Columbia Winery. And don't forget Guest Chef Spectacular, June 5th at Soto, and the Walla Walla Wine Spectacular. Celebrate the world of Syrah with Rajat Parr, who is the wine director for all of the Michael Mina restaurants, RN74. He'll be out there in Walla Walla, June 19th to the 21st. Tickets at wallawallawine.com. Hey, I always appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for uh, telling your friends about Happy Hour Radio. And remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Looking for fresh marketing ideas? Find them with Christopher Chan and Happy Hour Radio. Just click happyhourradio.net and connect with him today. That's happyhourradio.net. And stay tuned for Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan, right here on 570-KVI. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Paso Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Hi, this is Christopher Chan, your host of Happy Hour Radio. Join me every Saturday right here at 11 a.m. on 570 KVI and save the date, June 19th through 21st, for Celebrate Walla Walla Wine, the world of Syrah. Tickets and information at wallawallawine.com.